good evening. 8.16 Friday. So, I want to pitch a script, or actually, I want to, if anybody's listening who's in the entertainment sector, pitch a script. Um, and you're probably thinking, how are you going to pitch a script? You don't have experience. Who needs experience? It comes from my head and it comes from music. Not necessarily in that order. Although I have listened to one inspirational musician. All it is is music. Yanni. Okay. So when I write a script or I think of something in my head, a story per se, I use him as the backdrop. Because, again, when you listen to a particular CD from Yanni, now there's some some cds he does sing or he'll just use his voice as a backdrop other times it'll be other musicians that are singing along but the the one cd that i've actually had and i got it when was a time in my life when my mother was alive um and it just brings back memories uh sometimes they're good sometimes they're not so good but every time i listen to his music i get inspired about what i want to do i want to take a different course in my life Right now, I'm not happy because I'm not working. Now, I've had an opportunity for job interviews, um, or not even job interviews, job opportunities coming up. I've got like three calls, say two or three calls today. We'll see what happens. I'm not really looking forward to working in a straight job. I want to work in a job where I could be seen and then also lend my insight. So for scripts, reading a script and writing it, so I have an idea for a script, and it's all based about real-life situations and people's struggles. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, we've done that before, but I want to base it off of my life first and the good that I'll do in helping others. Um, there's one title that I wanted to use to kind of reflect off of who I am, but at the same time, I have many different titles for myself. And one in particular that I've always wanted to do is play an angel. Now, an angel of mercy, an angel of compassion. So when there are people suffering or struggling with disease like cancer, they always look towards the light. You look to God for answers. Well, how about you look to an angel? Did you ever see the series Touched by an Angel? That was one series that I've always wanted. I always wanted to see what it was like playing an angel and helping people along the way. Helping people find solace. Helping people go to a better place than what they're dealing with. Now, a lot of people are in the dark. I'm not talking about like a blackout dark. I'm talking about their lives filled with darkness and pain. I want to take them out of the darkness and pain and give them light and hope. So in, in reality, I'm an actual angel an angel of compassion, an angel of mercy. Whereas people are looking for a better life for themselves. The people who are struggling in this day and age to provide for their family, to make something better for themselves. You know, again, you don't have to be, quote, the best in what you do. You could be a better version of yourself not necessarily the best because when you say the best it's like saying i want to be perfect and perfection is not even real it's non-existent 
Although a lot of people will tell you that you come across a person, oh, I'm so perfect. Well, no, you're not. You can be a better version of yourself, not perfect. See, when you strive to do good in your life, like me, I want to get that notoriety. I want to be noticed. I want my life to take a different path because right now I'm trying to find who I am. Now, you could start at any age. You don't necessarily have to start when you're younger. Everyone says, oh, you got to start at a young age, and you don't. You could start at any age in your lifetime and become a good success. You know, whether it's behind the scene, in front of a camera, or you can do both. I admire the people who are the writers, the people who actually write for others, you know, a top-selling screenplay or, you know, or working alongside producers and directors. I think that that's an honorable profession. And a lot of the times when the Oscars, Academy Awards, you always go to the people that are in front of the camera. What about the people behind the camera? They should get an award too, you know. The people that are the ones that produce these stories and directs them and writes them. And then again, you have a script reader. Now, I'm very good. I'm, I'm actually pretty good at reading and analyzing what I think would make a good movie script, you know, in terms of the, the actual dialogue. Because sometimes you look at a dialogue, there could have mistakes in it. Or maybe it just doesn't make sense. Maybe this person should say this part of the line and then so on and so on and so on. Now I was on a webinar, a seminar, a, a web uh, presentation on being a screen reader. The only problem with that is it's a course, but it's expensive. I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And I'm thinking, is there anybody out there that would even give me just the slightest opportunity if you send me a script for a show, a movie, whatever it is, and let me read it and let me give you my thoughts on it? Because, yes, you could take the courses and you can do all that, or you could try to do it on your own. Sometimes it's better if you tackle something on your own. Like me, I self-taught myself how to do computer programs. In other words, when a job would have come up, how, do you know how to use this computer software? Do you know how to? And I would sit there and teach myself how to do it. Because for me to have somebody teach me, I would get lost. And they would have to teach me their way. And I may not be comfortable doing it their way. If their way makes them comfortable, that's good for them. For me, not so much. So I've taught myself how to do certain things in my lifetime because I can self-teach myself and I can go at it at my own pace. So I have an idea for maybe two or three different scripts. Um, some of it's based off of my own life and others are just kind of like the, the things that I want to do to help the people. Most of it could be like in the form of a documentary. Because a documentary is good when, you, when you're asked to come on and talk about your life. In addition to what you fought to stay alive on this earth when, it's, you know, when, you, did, when you went through your illness. Which is important because people right now are still struggling. People right now are suffering from every ailment possible. Again, cancer is scary. I have more knowledge of it because I was exposed to it. My father had lung cancer. I watched him go through so much pain. When you watch somebody that you love die in front of you, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's sad. And when you say, well, why is death beautiful? Well, it's the way he died. I'm not saying that death is beautiful. Death is morbid and creepy, but it, it, it depends on how you go. If you go and you have no pain, it's beautiful to watch because he's not suffering. But if you watch someone die and they're suffering, that's not, that's not beautiful. 
Um, in the case with my mother, when she passed, because her heart stopped three different times, and they got it back up, and they brought her into the emergency room, and I don't know, they kept trying to bring her back to life, and then when they came out and told us, do you want us to continue trying, I thought, put her out of her misery. I don't want her to suffer. You know, imagine watching your mother suffer, but with the damage was done because they broke her ribs. They pressed down so hard, they cracked. I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know, I didn't even want to hear that. That must have, well, they said that she didn't feel it. She was, she was gone. And when I went to say goodbye to her, I didn't like the condition that she was in. So I still have a hard time talking about that time because I still kind of blame myself for her death. And everyone's like, you didn't do anything wrong. You did what you thought you had to do. And I'm like, yes and no. My father had a proper send off with his death. My mother, no. If I would have left her alone and not called the paramedics and just let her die peacefully, that would have been better. And I wouldn't have to feel so guilty because sometimes I have nightmares. But I also have nightmares of my own in terms of my the demons that are in, in my head. And you're thinking demons? I'm like, I've talked about this in the past. What's the difference between dreams and nightmares? Well, dreams, dreams could be about anything. And people can have bizarre dreams. Sometimes dreams can come true, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're so far-fetched. You ever watch a movie and then when you go to sleep, you incorporate whatever movie or the scene, the part of scene in, into your dream. You're like, oh my God, I've had such bizarre dreams. Lately though, I've been having nightmares um, and I don't know why. The few, few nightmares I've had was there was somebody chasing me, but it had no face. Go figure, you know. A lot of people say, yeah, I used, to, I used to have a dream book. It interpreted the type of dreams you had. Now, my mother had said this to me, and I don't know if I really believe it, and I think I had to look it up. If you dream about dying, you'll live a long life. And I don't know how accurate that is. She says, if you dream about death, your own death or whoever else's death you will live a lot longer and I'm like really that never occurred to me then I was dreaming about again the incident with the airplane a big jumbo jet came over landed and now there was a plane that actually flew into the Hudson River then it was in the middle of winter back in I think it was 2009 and I remember I'd worked them saying, oh my God, did you hear about the plane that went into the Hudson River? And people, as they were driving by, saw it. And they were afraid that a lot of people died. But it, nobody died. Everybody survived. And they made a movie about it. Apparently a bird hit the back part of the, the plane. And the plane swerved, hit the water in the dead of winter. It was in January. And how to get those people out. They had to stand on the wing of the plane to get rescued. Imagine that, though. Imagine just even like being in that, in that moment. When a plane is going down and it goes into the water, are you going to survive? I know I would drown because I don't know how to swim. But that's just me. Um, but anyway, so getting back to screenwriting. Screen, I actually want to read a script. A lot of people write scripts, produce, direct. I want to read a script and then give you my thoughts on it. Because I'm a very good reader persuade i read everything everyone says to me you're such a walking talking book of knowledge just because i read you never know, since i was little i was immersed into all types of books you know not just children's books all types of books i went to my own little fantasy world of books you know i i, I was like i said i had a bizarre childhood where most of the children like to go outside and play i like to read books even on a nice beautiful day i always wanted to just stay inside and read books because you go into another world you go into another you become a character 
And even as I got older, I started reading many different books, many different genres. Um, and I pretended I was the character of the book and I would incorporate the voices, do the accents, the voices. You know, I can do them all. But the thing is, now I want it to become real, a reality. If I write my own story about me, my life, I could put it down into a script, but the thing is, I don't have to use the script for mine. I improvise, because I know exactly what's gonna happen, verbatim. If someone were to play that part of my life, the younger version, yes, they would have to read a script. Writing it, and then trying to like, okay, this is what I want this person to do, or this is what I want them to say, um, and then take it from there. Now, they say you need to go to film school. That's a myth right there. If, you, if, you're, if you're a reader per se, if you read many different things, books and pamphlets and all kinds of things, you can do the reading part. And if you like to write, so it's like when you're taking a high school English, English course, like if, you, if they, you read a book, right? And they ask you to do a book report and you put it in your own words. A lot of kids would copy off of what they read. You write in your own words what you like about the book, the story, the plot, whatever, and you make a book report. And if you're lucky enough, you read it in front of the class, and if not, then you just give it to the teacher and hope to God that that report you get, you'll get an A or a B or whatever. I used to pick easy books to read. Now I want to do the harder stuff, the adult stuff. And I think if I can make this into, quote, a side income and bring in money and do it in my own spare time, maybe I'll get good at it and people will say, hey, look, Let's use her, because her input is good, her opinions are good. Like when, I, when somebody asks me for my opinion on LinkedIn, I put in as much information, and I think about what I'm gonna write, it just comes to me in my head. I don't even have to think. But see, when you're asking me to, to, to do an audio book, that's hard. Why? Well, I can easily do a podcast and do chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, so on, so on, so on, but it's not getting the exposure and people are not gonna to wanna to listen to it on a podcast. So then again, I got the idea from a LinkedIn contact, why don't we don't go do this viral? In other words, I want it all over the world. I want it where there's so many views and you will get recognized and people will wanna put you on a podcast or put you out there in the video spotlight. I want people to see me finally. You know, about a year ago, I didn't wanna do that because I wasn't ready to do that. Now I feel I'm ready to take it to a whole new level. And I want to get recognized. I don't know how people do videos on here and get recognized. Some people just do so many different, they incorporate so many different methods. You could sing, you could dance, you could do all that stuff, which I have no interest in doing. I would like to learn to sing, but I think my voice would probably scare people away. And as for my dancing skills, yeah, I can learn how to dance and have somebody teach me, but I'd rather do the actual documentary part like a narrator. You know when you narrate a story and then the person, whoever plays that part, plays that part. When you're in your 20s and this and this and so on and so on and so on. Kind of like an autobiography. I'm thinking of a catchy title. Now I had a title in mind for the cancer part. I was gonna say Soaring Butterfly. Because you're releasing yourself from the pain of cancer. Cancer itself is a very painful, disease if you don't have the proper treatment or medication. If you don't go see a doctor, if you don't see a doctor, uh, you are not going to get well. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't want to be morbid. 
I don't want to be morbid, but if you don't get the proper treatment under a doctor's care with the equipment, the life-saving equipment, because if you have a tumor in your, say if you have breast cancer and you have a tumor in your breast, how are you treating yourself? Are you gonna make the incision and get that tumor out? No, you're not. You need to go to a doctor. Doctor, you have to do surgery because that's what they had to do for me. They weren't gonna let me keep that breast with the diseased tumor in it. No, I had to do the mastectomy. But women right now in other countries, in other part of the world are suffering because the cost of even going into the doctor to get that life-saving treatment is expensive. That's why I'm pitching. I am want to make this video so that there is an incentive for us to do this. We can get everybody, you know, people who have survived, magazine editors, people who could put us out there. How did you get past this? How, what, what did you go through? What were your emotions? What were you feeling? And I had, again, many different emotions. I had many different emotions that I was going through. Okay. Um, and one of them... I will be honest with you. When someone asks me, are you afraid of dying? No. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure. You know why? Because I already lost a person to cancer and I wouldn't be scared of knowing that he's up there. It's just that when I went under for my mastectomy, I remember after going on, because I had a lot of anesthesia, so at that one moment, I actually saw my father standing at, by the tunnel where the light was. And he didn't look like he was sick, he looked healthy. And I'm like, Dad? And he said something to me in, his, in Greek. But I, I mean, I understood. I can just kind of give you an idea. And he's like, uh, I said, Daddy, I miss you. I wish you were here. He's like, he had tears in his eyes. And he didn't say anything. He knew that I was going through my cancer. I said, Daddy, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and they, they thought at the time it had gone to my lungs, and I'm, on, I'm, I'm, you know, they're doing the surgery because the tumor was big. And he just had, he, just, he didn't say anything. He had, at first I thought I was looking at a ghost. I'm like, Daddy, aren't you saying anything? He's like, he couldn't speak. He was so t teary eyed, teary eyed. And he said, Oh my God, my daughter is going through what I went through. I said, No. Dad, you went through lung cancer. I, I'm going through breast cancer, two different cancers. And I felt guilty. And I said, Dad, maybe I should stay here with you. And she goes, and he goes, no, 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 no. You need to go back. You need to take care of your mother. You made that promise to me how many years ago? But Dad, what if I don't make it? What if, what if, I, what if it doesn't go well? Listen to me. You're going to get through your surgery. You're going to get through this cancer. You're going to be well, and you're going to take care of your mother. You can't leave your mother behind. And I, I don't want to hear that you're going to give up. When you say you're going to give up, it's like you're giving up on yourself and everyone that matters to you. How would your mother feel if you gave up on her? She said she wanted to die if I, if I die. She said she can't live without me. And that's a powerful statement to say about someone. When you say to someone, I love you so much that if something happened to you, I would never, I couldn't live. You say that now, but you would go on. Because God will not forgive you if you take your own life just because you lost someone. It is hard. I will tell you that much. I don't know what it's like to lose a spouse. I don't want to know. I don't. But I know that I would have to go on. It would be hard. You know, I look at my mother from her perspective. 
Her and my father were married for over 50 years. They, they grew up with each other, the families knew one another, and then they got married later in life. He fought in the Korean War, came back, and he, he just pursued her. He loved her so much that, you know, this is the woman I want to make my life with, this is the woman I want to have a family with, this is the woman I want to grow old with. But when, and, and she thought he, he was going to be around forever, that they were going to grow old, meaning they would grow old, senior citizen, old age. It never happened. And I was trying to put myself in her shoes. What's it feel like to lose a spouse? Because you've been with someone for so long and you're so comfortable with them, that all of a sudden they get sick and they die. What do you do? How do you get on with life? It was hard for her. I saw her go through the most painful time. She lost her partner love of her life he was no more and just watching her go through the motions a part of her wanted to just go with him I said mom no you have us what about me I can't go through losing you you know I lost my father who I was very close to and I thought he was going to be around for a long time I don't want to lose you too I don't know if I can live if either one of you go who's going to take care of me who's going to take care of me and then it took a long time. It, 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 again, for, the, for that one year, because it was still fresh, for that one year, she stopped eating. She stopped living. She stopped doing the things that made her happy. She went through a deep depression. I was worried about her. I really was. I said to myself, oh my God, I was so worried that she was going to go right quickly. Because they say the first two years when you lose your spouse, you, and you lose a parent, let's say. You can lose a parent in those first two years. I was worried about her. She was skin and bones. She let herself get so thin. She didn't care. I said, Mom, look at yourself. Look at yourself. Say to yourself, you got to get through it. Say to yourself, you're going to get through it. You've got us. At the time, you know, she had her grandson, her daughters, her son-in-laws, me. What would happen if I lost you? I don't think I can go on. I will be honest with you. I don't think I can go on. My life would suffer. And I don't know. I don't think I would have a happy life if I lost my parents at that young age. I lost my father at 21. I don't want to lose my mother. So my mother had to, because my father... When he was talking to me in the dream, when I saw him with the light, I said, Dad, it hasn't been the same without you. I've missed you. I lost a part of myself when you left. You made me feel special uh, in my eyes. You made me feel special. You, 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 you took away the pain for that brief moment, and you made me feel like I did belong on this earth, that I have purpose in life. But that you're gone, I, didn't, I just didn't believe it. He didn't, he just had tears. He was just staring at me, but he was trying to tell me that it's not your time. You have to go back. And I was torn between wanting to stay with him, but also not wanting to leave my mother. I didn't want my mother losing me because when she said, and, I'm, and she said she wouldn't be able to go on if she lost me. And I think that's like that. When you lose somebody, you're like, when you love someone so much and then they're battling an illness, they're going through some type of pain, you're afraid that you're going to lose them. That's why I said it's very important that you spend as much time with them as you can. Because again, 
How do we know if we're going to be around? You don't know. I could walk out of the house right now and get hit by a car. My life will cut short. I mean, there's so many possibilities. But you say to yourself, the time that you spend on earth now matters. The things that you do now. So I was given a second chance by God and I said, I'm going to make a use of it. I want to go down to the place where I think I can be of service to other people and help them out. I want to go to Africa. And you say, why? Well, I did my research. I am a reader. I've done my research on what's going on down there in terms of illness, sickness. You know, people are not getting the treatment that they need. And they don't have much of the equipment that's needed. They don't have these medications that we have up here. And it's very expensive. Even to just go for a checkup, it's expensive. And it shouldn't have to be. People's lives are more important than what it's going to cost. When you put the price before a person's life, you're being selfish right now. You're saying, oh, well, in order for me to treat you, you have to pay me this. No. You treat that person, save their life. Then you talk about the cost. Because when you start putting a price tag in front of a person's life, then really, what kind of a person are you? Not a caring person from what I see. You're putting a price tag on them before you could treat them. No. I went in and I got my treatment and the furthest thing from my mind was, how much is this gonna cost me? They saved my life. Now, if I would have gone in there and they would have said to me before, before we can treat you, you have to pay this. I don't think I would have done it. Because again, yes, I had quote insurance, disability insurance, and I was at a job for a brief time and I was put on long-term disability because I was out for a year. And it did help, but I still, again, would not have gone in and gotten my treatment if they'd said to me, no, you have to pay first. No, you have to save my life first. You have to save my life. That's why when you're down in another part of the world and it's different down there as opposed to up here, you gotta think about the people. They are trying to take care of themselves. Like women are suffering from breast cancer. Breast cancer, if not treated properly by a doctor, is painful enough as it is. How are you gonna, if you have a tumor growing in your breast, how are you gonna get rid of that tumor? Are you gonna cut yourself? Then you're like, you're slowly killing yourself. You're putting yourself at risk. You know, the doctors, they use sterilized equipment, okay? What are you gonna use? You're gonna sterilize some type of, of, of instrument and then use it on you and thinking, oh, I can do this myself? No, it can't be done. People are dying, women especially. Breast cancer can be treated if it's properly treated by a doctor's care. Because again, if you don't get that proper treatment from a doctor, literally you're killing yourself. It's like a form of suicide, you're slowly dying. And the people around you, whoever's in your social circle, whoever's in, in your life, your family, your husband, your children, whoever's there with you is watching you die. They can't help you. How are they gonna help you? Because again, we wanna make it where it's, it's affordable, so they don't think about, hey, look, I gotta pay this, no. You gotta treat them first, save their life. Then you talk about price. You don't put the price tag before the life. Life is not, life is precious. Your life is precious. You matter, you matter in this world. See, doctors just wanna get their money. Yeah, here, I treated you, now pay me. No, 
No, it's more than that. That's why I always think that having the job of a doctor where you got to give bad news, I don't think I could do that, you know. And they talk to you in their language. Talk to me in clear, simple English so I can understand what it is you're saying. I don't know what you're telling me. You know, I couldn't understand when he was telling me what I had. He was talking in language that I was like really hard to understand. I said, can you just simplify this for me? Because I don't understand. But basically what I said, I don't understand. Period. So now I'm saying to you that there's a script involved in how I want to present this. And I also want to do, and I've had this idea in my head because I'm looking at how people do their Instagram and they got people promoting their banner and their business and everything. I want to create something for cancer, all cancer. But I'm trying to aim it for breast cancer because next month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But I also want to aim it at all the cancers that are out there that everybody's going through, whether it's men, children, the elderly women, you know, everybody and anybody. I'm not going to leave anything, anyone behind. My campaign is fight to stay alive. Let's bring out the awareness for all the cancers and have that song staying alive with the two people that were dancing. I think that's good. And have that as a, a like a promotion, a banner. How many people, because there's a lot of views. I'm getting so used to watching these two guys perform. It's just amazing. I'm actually following, I think, both of them. If I can bring that out, that would be good too. That could go viral and, and oh my God, there would be so many likes and this and that. You'd be surprised how many times you could promote your business. The problem is, and okay, you, you say you're gonna do it, but are you gonna do it? See, this is where I need help. Cause I'm not quote, um, what's the word I wanna use? I don't have the creative for that part of it. I would need like somebody who knows how to set it up basically and how to put the work into it. I was trying to do a, a logo cover art type of thing. Like this podcast, I, I, I switched it around and said, I'm focusing on the one topic that people need to know is breast cancer. But it's all cancer. It's not just breast cancer, it's all cancers. Because everybody will get cancer in their lifetime, they gotta know how to treat it. The important thing is, I was trying to change the title. Now, I had Soaring Butterflies, and you can find that on every other podcast platform. Specifically, this I, I wrote, Fight to Stay Alive, or Fight or to Survive, or I forget what it was. But um, I wanna try to make that and bring the audience, the international audience per se, I'm trying to reach out to them because that's who I'm targeting. Now, I'm not saying none of the people here in the United States don't matter, they do, but it's different over here. You can get treatment over here if you have insurance and you have a good support system, but over there, it's different. If you go into a certain part of the world over there, it's just different. If they don't have the proper equipment, if they don't have the life-saving medication, if you don't have a proper doctor's care to get yourself treated, I'll tell you right now, I'm sorry to be grim. You're slowly killing yourself. You're not going to get better. If anything, you're going to go downhill. Now, there are women that are ashamed, and I think a lot of them are saying, well, that's the reason why I can't go in is the cost. Well, that's why we have to take this to a whole level. Try to get, like a fundraiser, an endorsement of some kind, get people on board. Let's all get together, tell our story to the world, get on this big platform and encourage people. This is what needs to be done. 
But in order for me to do that, I have to present my side of the story. And again, I will show that battle scar. I think it's important for people to see the battle scar. Because again, I did show a picture of it on Instagram and I was so tempted to do it on Instagram as a video, but I don't know if, if I'll be banned by doing that. But I think if I do it as a public service announcement saying, look, this is what happens when you wait to go to the doctor. This is the result. Am I ashamed to show this? No. This is my medal, my Purple Heart medal. It's like, okay, I am the, the woman soldier battling the, the, the enemy called cancer, the demon. Cancer is a demon. Think about it. I'm not letting him take any part of my body. It's bad enough he put a tumor in my breast and I had to get rid of the breast. Now, this is the result right here. And again, after so many years, it still feels very numb. It's tissue and metal. Now, if I took this out, there would be a giant hole. Could I live with that hole? No. That's why I have the tissue and metal. I was going to do the implant, but it's too much money. I can't afford it. Um, and, and the fact of the matter, women who've had these implants have had problems with them. I don't want to be one of those people that has an issue because I don't think that would sit well with me. But again, I'm trying to write a screenplay or, or actually I want to be a script reader for someone. Send me some scripts. I can give you my opinion. I can see where things need to be changed. You do not need to have, quote, a college degree to do that. I used to be in my job, okay, I've, I've actually proofread labels for dietary products, for cosmetics. One person said to me, you know what, let's call you Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye meaning you have the expertise, you know the, 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 the wording, you know what needs to be put on the label, because I was taught. I wasn't thrown into it, I was taught in addition to learning my own job. Because it's good to know other other parts of a company, other parts of other departments that you could help out. And they said, wow, you really have a, a, an eye for detail. Well, if you send me a script and I read it and I can give you my notes and tell you what I think it should be. Because again, sometimes people just write and then they put it in the form of a dialogue, you know, where, okay, this person will say this. Well, no, I think you should change the wording around. See, if you change it around, you'd be surprised. You could help someone say, hey, look, she gave us a great idea. Let's switch it up a little. Then when it comes time to physically have that movie put out on the big screen, you never know. It might be a genius and say, hey, look, we should put her on our team because she knows. Yes, I do. I read a lot. That's how I know. I read. I've been reading ever since I was a little, I was fascinated. And I always wanted to do that. I thought maybe that would be a good job to do on the side, like a part-time job. You work your own hours and you get good at it. I mainly want to do it for producers and directors and maybe for the actor themselves. If I do a documentary down on the life of my story and a made, made-for-TV movie, I want to write the script myself. I want to write the story myself and narrate it so that whoever plays me as the younger version, they will have a good script to follow by. If it was just me doing all the parts, because I do look young, you know, I don't, I haven't really changed much. I still look good, by the way. European jeans, is what they call it. Um, then I wouldn't need the script because I know what my life's all about. I've lived it. But for someone to play the part, yes. And I'm very good at doing the storytelling part, the narration part, if you want to call it that. So that's why I say, if you send me some scripts 
for a potential blockbuster or movie, I can give you my thoughts and opinions on it and write up like a summary or synopsis. Tell you, hey, look, this is what I think should be. I think this should be cut out or I think this should be changed a little bit. Maybe we can use a catchphrase of some sort. Because when you look at movies, you say, okay, I watched a movie and it really changed my life. There are some movies that I really love. I like the mythological movies, going into a fantasy land, becoming that character. Like, for example, Clash of the Titans. That was a good movie for its time. When they did the remake, wasn't really impressed with the remake. I wanted it true in nature. They told the story of the gods and the goddesses and how this person came to be. And, and then they had all these special effects, which I loved, and all the immortals, the one, the, 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 the special effects, those characters that don't exist because they weren't played by real people. You had Medusa and you had, uh, uh, well, Calibus was played by an actual guy. But from this, from the camera angle, it didn't look real. It looked like, you know, an actual monster. You look up close, it was a man that played the part. The makeup, oof, that was great, you know. And just like the certain scenes in the movie. And you think, wow, I would love to be in that movie itself. Just either as an extra or just playing an actual part with the actors and have a small speaking part. I think that would be great, you know. Um, and I love that movie. Just I love Greek mythology, you know, and I, I love anything mythological, you know. I think, again, it takes you back to a different time period. What was it like, you know? Can I immerse myself and become the character? Yes, I can. Then I have ideas of playing a double role, because you see many actors do it. How do you play another version of yourself? And they show you, you go behind the scenes and they show you how to do it. I was watching it on a, um, I think I was watching Will Smith. He was in that movie, um, Gemini Man. I saw that last year. I was so fascinated. He played a younger version of himself. I'm like, old Will Smith, young Will Smith. How did you do that? And they were one scene, they were fighting each other. I'm like, wow, that is so amazing. I wish I could go back in time and do that. I would like to play like a villainous part because I think I have it. I actually have read books where I actually play both the good part and the bad part. So if there's anybody out there who is, quote, a producer, a director, a writer, an actor, I would love to read a script for you and give you my perspective on it because I have ideas of mine. I've actually made many movie clips. And I just come with the ideas that come through my head here. I don't have to write them down because I know exactly what the plot's going to be. I could think it up in my head, but I listen to music as the backdrop, which is Yanni. Because his music is very soothing and it's, it takes you into a different time. So if anybody's out there listening, script reader. And again, I don't need the college degree and go to film school. Again, if you're creative and, you, and especially if it's something about your life, you don't need to quote have somebody say hey look you need to do go to school and get a certificate by the time that happens then the, the interest will be lost so it's creativity if you have a creative mind and you know how to put your thoughts together and you can put them down on paper like when i'm telling you my story i could do it through a podcast and a video platform but an actual audiobook that's a little more work because you have to figure out how many chapters and how are you going to how are you going to get that presented and you need somebody to help you publish it. And I'm still kind of working on that. So I'm going to let you guys go because it's almost 9 o'clock. And I'm going to say have a good weekend. God bless all of you. Take care. <laughs>